This is the Coming Home Podcast with John Allen. And welcome everybody to this episode of the Coming Home Podcast with John Allen. I am your humble host, John Allen, and today I'm speaking with Lisa McEwen. Hi, Lisa. Hello. Good to see you. Good to see you as well. Uh, how's things in Canada? They're pretty good. I mean, the sun is shining today, so yes. that's good. We, you know, we went from sort of spring weather, of course, to snow yesterday. So that's oh, just really? the way it goes this time of year. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of the opposite yeah. that happened over the last day or so here in Norway. It went oh, no. from kind of like not really winter weather, but it was cold. And then yeah. today it was, what was it, around 17, 18 Celsius, around, oh, 70, around 70 degrees Fahrenheit. That's yeah, just yeah. crazy. Uh, Hard to keep up, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. But hey, enough about the weather. Let's talk about your music. I am so happy to have you here. Um, Mm -hmm. Up until this point, I haven't had that many musicians on my podcast. Mm -hmm. Uh, But now I have you, and I'm so glad that I do. Um, You are a country music singer-songwriter. Tell us about your path from Canada to Nashville. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I come from a family who is so supportive of my music and they love music, but no one really played anything or sang. I just kind of was the black sheep of the family, I guess you could say. (laughs) And no one likes country music either. So I don't know. I'll tell you, I, I always love to sing. Um, and then I, you know, then I learned, well, I better figure out an instrument. If I'm going to do this, I got to, you know, sing and perform i got to figure out some way to accompany myself. So I learned piano at a young age. It was okay. But I got better as I just was writing songs and figuring out how to play along to myself, right? And then around 14 or 15, I picked up a guitar because I realized, you know, that's just easier to take around to different locations, right? To have your guitar. So I got better at that. But that was around the age when I discovered country music. So my dad might have played Johnny Cash the odd time. But I mean, it really wasn't. It just really wasn't in um, in my life that much. But around that time was when pop country kind of was booming. Shania Twain, okay. Faith Hill, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, and it just really caught my ear. And I noticed when I sang it, I could do it really well. It just, it felt like a fit. I understand. Because of, yeah, you know what I mean? Like you're singing all, you're singing along. It's like, hey, I can do exactly what they're doing. Sure, sure. So, so it felt really good. And before that, I was doing more of the um, like singer songwriter type of like Sarah McLaughlin, oh, Jewel, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah, that kind of stuff. But the country just had this, I don't know, it had this more fun element. And I love the story, the storytelling in those songs. So yeah, I was drawn to that. And um I would say yeah. that I would say that even those who who don't like country music, if they would take the time to listen to the lyrics, yeah. you can't help but enjoy a good story. Period, regardless yeah. of what genre it is. Uh, yeah, but but there's so many good stories in country music. Um, yeah. I'm not a real big country music person myself either. Um, uh, but I can see I see the value in country music. I see the talent in country music. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. What what is it that made you, you know, to 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 dare to 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 try things out in Nashville? I mean, that yeah. is the mecca of country music, and yeah. it takes confidence. It takes a certain amount of self assuredness yeah. to take that step into that 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 pool of talent that you that you find in yeah. Nashville. You're absolutely right. It, it is. Sometimes I look back and think, what was I thinking? But <laughs> no, I mean, I think I just knew there really is no answer except I have always believed deep down inside 
that this is what I do. And it feels like a privilege or a gift or something as my music. And I always just felt it, I needed to do it to connect with, with others. That's like, that's my goal. That's what I, that's what I do. And so when I figured out all my favorite uh, artists were in Nashville, that's how they did it. That's how they got their start. They went to Nashville. Like, um, even, I don't know if you know, Carolyn Don Johnson, she's a great Canadian singer yes. and songwriter. So, you know, I would follow her story. Like, how did she do it? And so I just, when I get my mindset on something (laughs) like there is no stopping. So I think that's what it was. And truly I always, this is another thing I still believe if I can't do it or I'm not good at it, I just believe I'll get, if I try hard enough, I'll get better and better. Well, amen. (laughs) It doesn't mean I'm going to be perfect. It's just, it's just the way life is. If you just keep trying and you adjust and then try and adjust that you will get better. So I am a when big you come, believer in that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like when you come from a place where let's say wherever you're from, a small town, maybe you're one of the best in that town. And you think, okay, I got this. And then you go to Nashville and you realize they, I mean, everyone is great. <laughs> like almost everybody. And then you realize, whoa, you they, know, they probably have they probably have homeless people in Nashville who could oh, yeah. be a world class songwriter. Yeah if they just had the right opportunity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, but, and, but, but you didn't yeah. wait for opportunity. You created your own opportunity, didn't you? Yeah. How, yeah. how did that go? What did you do? Well, again, I followed in a lot of people's footsteps. I took some advice from, you know, I'd go to workshops or I would NSAI, which is Nashville Songwriters Association International. So they're everywhere. Yes. Yeah. They had little chapters in Toronto and stuff. So I would go and try and get to know people. And then, um, so as I got talking to people at workshops and stuff, and you know, you try to play your music at these types of things so yeah. people get to know you. Yeah. Um, I realized I had to get down there. And I know, you know, working in the US is tough because you need a visa. So um, we just crossed the border and oh my gosh, it was completely blind faith because I really I didn't really so I had a place to stay the first two weeks. It's a place called the SoCan House. SoCan is like the BMI, the ASCAP. Okay, yeah. Canada and they had this little place you could stay and after that I just I had to look for a place to live I just cannot explain it I just knew you know in your gut when you just know oh yeah absolutely something has to be done even if you're terrified like been there done that oh yeah Yeah. absolutely uh I I like to say that I'm not afraid of a challenge Uh, I thrive on challenge because when you meet that challenge whether you in the end whether you succeed or fail it is a period of growth it's a period of learning So, so, so to kind of jump into it feet first with no solid plan, no, no clear idea about how the future is going to be. That's, I mean, that falls right in line with what I, I mean, that's what I love. That's what I love about life. That, that, that uncertainty, that, that, that shaky ground, you know, it's, it's definitely scary. Cause you know, especially in that time of your life, it's like, will this work out? Is this a waste of time? What am I doing? But I just saw these people who had done it and I thought, okay, if they did it, I can do it. Why can't I do it? And I'll just do what they did. And even when things wouldn't work out like exactly the way these successful people did, it at least got me one step further. And and you kind of get these little signs that things are in your favor, that you're doing the right thing, you know, like what were some of the signs you saw that led you to believe that you were on the right path? Just, um, just things like, you know, you might wait all night to play at an open mic and there's nobody there. Okay. Here's a good example. There's nobody there. This is back when they were smoking in the bars and it was like, Oh, 
What what year are we yeah. talking? So this was about 2005. Okay. 2005. Yeah. And you kind of feel like, oh my gosh, was this a waste of time? I don't know. But then you go up and play and there's two people in the audience and maybe one's another writer. And then you start chatting and they're like, wow, that was so good. Remember this one night and met this amazing songwriter, um, Mike Logan, Michael Logan. And he had a publishing deal at the time and he happened to be playing that night. And then he said, why don't we write? Ah. And you just sort of like, okay, this wasn't a waste. And this, there's that, that right little... there. That alone is a huge opportunity to actually exactly. sit down and co-write with someone who has a publishing it's deal publishing already. Deal, because that's the key, right? Yeah. Yes. So just little things like that, that would just happen. You just got to put yourself out there. And um, yeah, I mean. So along the way, you're getting these little, these little signs, these little um, empowering little bits of feedback that are telling you you're doing the right thing. Right. But, but what were some of the challenges that you saw along the way? Mm. I mean, it, sh- it wasn't all uh, a bed of roses, I'm sure. Oh, definitely not. So, you know, the challenge of, gosh, you can't even, so technically living there, you can, but you're not allowed to work. So you're trying to balance all of that. And then I am a little crazy in that, like, I'm willing to sort of reach out to people, even if I'm not ready for it, I just do. So I would, you know, reach out to people or whatever, and then just being told no, or we're not interested, or are you... How do you you handle that? Did it hurt your feelings, or did it... Did did you get angry? Did you get frustrated, or did you just take it as part of the journey, and then you move along? So a bit of both. So I would always feel that frustration of, like, they don't think I'm ready, but I think I'm ready. Okay. Um... In perspective, looking back, no, I was not ready. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> yeah, I don't, wasn't. don't tell them that. <laughs> yeah. So you're frustrated and you're kind of like, maybe they just don't get it. But yeah. then they, you have to have that sort of self-reflection of, okay, but let's carry on. I mean, all they, okay, I remember I did have one connection I, that I, through a workshop, I'd gone down to Nashville. I made a few visits before I moved there. I met Chris Lacey, uh, who at the time was the head of the publishing at Warner Chapel. And she was amazing. She took a meeting with me and I was like, oh my gosh, she's going to meet with me. This is incredible. And I played her some songs and she was positive and she said, oh, these are good. She just basically in a nutshell, she said, you just need to write better songs. So carry on, like get back to me when you, when you played this, I'm sorry to interrupt. When you played the songs for her, did you play them live in front of her or was it on a, on a CD or something or I did, I think I did play them live for her and on CD. And that was another thing I was willing to do because I didn't have any not many good recordings it's not like now where you can record you know like on your phone and stuff and it's a nice clear recording of it off and play live for people most of the time especially with something new you just wrote right and i'm sure that's more impressive i know that's more impressive to actually be able to pull up a guitar sit at a piano and play it for that record executive live Uh, yeah i think think it shows that you're the the whole package you know yeah it's so funny which meanwhile that's not why i did it it's because i had no money to record them (laughs) but listen i mean it came across i was like wow look at my confidence i'm just playing and singing But yeah, I mean, in a nutshell, she was like, you know, you just need to write better songs. So to me, I was like, oh, that should be easy. Meanwhile, I'm still on that journey of trying to write better songs. But that's what I'm saying. People, interesting too, in Nashville, they they don't really say no. They sort of skirt around. Why like, do you think that you is? Know? Why do you think, is that Southern, I, is that Southern politeness or is that? Uh... I, maybe that's a really interesting question. I wonder if that's just Southern playing, because you know what? I bet you it's this too. I think this, 
might be, and this could be a music industry thing altogether is like, you don't actually know who is going to be that next big thing. And if so, if someone's written you off completely, that, yeah, they, they don't want to be. You kind yeah. of need a contact, right? They don't want to yeah. be that jerk that let uh, yeah. the next star walk out of their office. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So it could be that too. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not sure, yeah. but yeah, <laughs> could be so, Southern Politeness as well. It's probably a little. And that's. I bet you. Yeah. So what else? Um, I'm just trying to put myself in your shoes. That uh, so. So how old were you when you first went to Nashville? I was 22. Okay, so you're 22 yeah. years old. Yeah. And where does that confidence, where does that self-confidence come from? There had to have been some sort of foundation in your upbringing up to that point that gave you the guts to do this. Because this is a big deal. This is a real big deal to do this. You know, so funny. A lot of people have said that. And I, but I, in my mind, and even still, I'm like, I don't think it's a big deal. I just can't explain. I'm not, I'm not the confident person I am now. I was not then. So growing up, my parents were so supportive. My family is extremely supportive. And even though they probably didn't know what to do with me, like, <laughs> oh, here she can sing. It's not like they were like in putting me in fairs to yeah. sing at places and stuff, right? But they were just- But they supported you. you. They supported you in, in your desire. Exactly. Yeah. Whatever. And I think I'm sure they were terrified that I was moving to Nashville, but they supported it anyway. And- um where did the confidence come from? Again, it goes back to, and we'll get to this when we talk about the music and mindfulness. It's just this inner knowing of, it's a gut feeling. And it, and I'm not, that's the thing. I, I, I think maybe it comes across as confidence. It's not quite. It was like, I don't know how else to well, isn't that it. Isn't that gut feeling where you know that you were meant to do something? Um, isn't that so? I mean, you're struggling to explain it, but isn't that normal? You can't explain it. It's almost some sort yeah. of some sort of otherworldly motivation, an invisible hand that's kind of pushing you yeah. towards this thing that you've dreamed, but you know that it can become a reality. It's hard to put words on something like that. It, exactly. Um, and I, re- I, re- I remember crying, crying to, I had my husband now, but at the time was my boyfriend and crying and saying, I don't know anyone. I want to, you know, I want to come home and I'm sad. And, and this is like, this is so lonely and kind of what am I doing? And he said, I mean, you can come home if you want. And then I said, no, but I'm not, I'm not coming home. I just <laughs> like, I'm sad, but I just know I have to be here. I know this feels right. So you can have that. You can still have all those doubts and fears and um, feelings of being upset and things. Right. But, but then there's this knowing what kind of musical success or, you know, how far had you come in your career? What had you achieved prior to moving to Nashville? That's another great question. So not a whole lot. Like I, you know, I did what I could do. I went to college in Toronto for voice. It's a jazz based program at Humber college and you know again at that time it felt very limited it was like you could audition for singing contests so i would do that yeah i've never i don't think i've ever won i think i've ever won a singing contest before but you know i've never with that voice i don't think i ever have oh wow because i remember yeah going to cne and i made it you know make it up high (laughs) but not quite um so i would do things like that Hmm. and um 
but again, didn't really know. I did not know where to go to record songs or like, okay. how do you get money to record songs? And then. So you didn't have connections, that. so to speak. You were a true um, solo artist trying to find her way. You didn't have connections. Yeah. Nobody paved the way for you. You know. No, because it's funny when I got to Nashville, I remember seeing all these other girls my age or younger, even or older who had created this sort of career already in Canada or wherever they were from. Like, Oh, I've got three independent albums already. Right. And now I'm here. And I remember thinking, I don't have any of that. Like, did, did I you didn't feel, just, did you feel behind the curve kind of? Yeah, oh. I, I did at the time it sort of I think I just felt like oh I'm just gonna wait I'm gonna wait till I get a record deal which never came but it's just like yeah you're right it felt sort of you know if I were to do it again <laughs> but again you know yeah I do it you know I do that I do those indie albums and I would yeah but again, you know, and, and you say it's not really a big deal. And, you know, I'm, I'm very like-minded. I think the same way you do about those kind of things. If you, if I think it, if I dream it, then I'm going to try and fulfill it. I'm going to try and make it into reality. And to me, that's normal, but normal for me. And I can see out there that there are not many people like you who would take such a big step to go to, you know, Canada and the, and the USA, they're, they're, they're first cousins, but it's still a yep. foreign country. It's still very different. It's yep. still very different. It's still a, a, uh, it's still a big step, step to take. Were you, did you have any fear of failure or did you go there um, expecting to get what you wanted? Hmm. Or did you go there thinking, okay, this might go wrong. This might not success, be, be a success story, but I'm okay with that. What, what was your mindset as far as expectations? Yeah, that's a good question. I knew I always wanted to, my, my mind was set on getting a publishing deal first. This was how I thought my ideal thing would go. Okay. I get yeah. a publishing deal then someone will see I'm a great singer and then they'll offer me a record deal. And I'll be a big star and right off into the sunset. But, so, you, so you had a um, couple, three steps in your process. It wasn't yeah, an all three or, step process. It wasn't, sure. a, it, yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't an all or nothing thing. You know, you you uh, you could have been fine being uh, having a publishing deal. You could have been fine with some sort of recording contract. Right. You didn't necessarily have to have both. Right. I mean, I wanted both. I guess the ultimate goal was, um, was a recording contract, but looking back now, I was terrified. I, I, yeah. I see myself now and I realize, yeah, that's, that was too big of a dream for me. Like the whole, just the traveling and the confidence of performing with a band. I had such little experience with all of that. Just again, now I feel confident, but that's, that's because I have all this experience. Um, so and then the failure thing was, uh, I never had like, okay, if I don't make it by this point, I'm turning around and going home and then I'll, you know, that I'll become a nurse or whatever the job, right? Yeah. It was like, okay, if that doesn't work, I'm going to, you'll just, I'll figure something else out. It always had to be music sure. for the most part. Yeah. It just was like, I'll just have to figure out how I'm going to do it. So I actually did end up getting a publishing deal. Tell me about that. Um, how did that come to be? See, this was another thing about how like things happen and you realize it, it was meant to be or yeah. whatever. So I had definitely knocked on a lot of doors, as they say, and, you know, met people and took meetings with people, played them songs. And that's another Nashville thing is like you play them songs and then they say, 
oh, it sounds good. Play me some more when you have some new ones. So you're constantly <laughs> just like cycling through, whereas it's why wouldn't they just make a decision? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's not how it goes. Southern and, politeness. Yeah. And it's also, it's, it's also the way it works. I think they are, they want you to sort of feel like a, a member of the family. So like when you do start to co-write with people with publishing deals, you sort of, then you go into their offices to write and you get to know people and do you fit well, in? And yeah. it could also a lot be, about that. Yeah. And it could also be a way of motivating a potential writer. Uh, you know, I like what I hear, but I don't want to tell them that. Let's see if they've got the stick to itiveness yeah. to come back. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that could actually, be it as well. That happened once with a girl. Um, I won't say her name, but anyway, so she she's an awesome, awesome publisher. And she had said to me once, oh, I like what you're doing. Come back and play me some more. But I swear, I was like, oh, it's another one of like a way to brush me off. And then years later, we chatted. She was like, yeah, I told you to come play me some more. I thought you were great. And I uh, see. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I should have. I uh, didn't even live and learn. Yep, live and exactly. Learn. Yeah. So don't. Yeah. So true. So, so for my. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, so so the publishing deal then, um, who you know who who are some of the names that you uh, that you co-wrote with? Um, what became of that publishing deal? Because some people do get a publishing deal, but it's just kind of a nice thing to say on social yeah. media. But you right? actually you 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 produce some work. You have songs out there. Yeah. So um, so how it happened was I was looking up different companies, and there was a uh, publishing company called Murrah Music, Roger Murrah, who's an incredible songwriter, Hall of Fame writer. And he, let me see. So I, oh, I know I sent an email. This is kind of a cool story. Yeah. I went on their website. It just was like contact, right? Contact me. And I looked down the list of names and then I picked it. Her name is Lisa <laughs> Murrah. And I thought, same name, let's give this a go. And I was like, Hey, whatever I said, I wondered if I can come play some songs for you, which usually she's told me since that like those emails get tossed yeah. away, right? Junk, yeah. junk mail, whatever, yeah. get yeah. rid of those. But she had this inkling with, with mine and she responded and said, uh, you know, I don't listen to the songs, but here I'm going to pass you on to the song plugger here who does. That's a step further. Did. That's a step further. Yes. Yeah. And I was like, wow, anytime someone responds to your email, it's always That's like, a step further. Yeah, just That's that they respond. Yeah. Yeah, even if they're like, you're the worst. doesn't matter. They responded. <laughs> they responded. Yeah. So I, I did. I, I played songs for Dan Hodges and Paul Compton, who were the song pluggers at the time. And they loved my stuff. That was so cool. It felt so good. They got it. Yeah. But I'll tell you, here's another thing. Don't give up. Because they, at the time, they did want to offer me a deal. But I think it was something to do with, you know, your budget for the calendar year. and Yeah. Timing is important. Timing is so important. So again, I did just keep waiting, writing with more of their writers. I think it was another six months or so before they could actually offer me a deal. So I could have taken, and I was, I was so sad because I thought this is it. Yeah. Now yeah. we're going to go, I'm going to start. This is the, and then they tell you have to wait. Yeah. I'm going to wait or that it mean you know, and then you're like, well, will this ever happen and stuff? So, um, but it did. So I signed with them and it was so cool. And I mean, oh, they hooked me up with some incredible writers like Josh Keir. He wrote Before He Cheats for Carrie Underwood. Of I course, mean, there you go. Josh Keir. Yeah. Tons more songs since then. But when I was writing with him, uh, I think Before He Cheats, it was on her album, but it wasn't just released yet. 
it hadn't even been released yet. I remember celebrating that went going number one. Yeah. So like things like that, writers who just incredible track records, records. And, um, I mean, that was amazing. And that talk about fear, right? Because you're like, okay, I think I'm okay. I'm good, whatever. But then you're getting into a room with these people. Well, yeah, I can see where that would be intimidating, but it, yeah. they're, they're, I'm sure it also brings with it a sense of, of, of fulfillment of the dream, a sense of belonging, uh, you know, to actually hmm. be in a room with song. I mean, Hey, this guy wrote for Carrie Underwood and now I'm yeah. writing with him. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Of course there's, sure. that there's that starstruck that moment. moment. Of course there's yeah. that moment of uh, maybe of stress where you feel like you have to live up to something, but there yes. must also be some satisfaction, a kind of like a, a, a stamp of approval on your, on your product, on your writing. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, what's so funny back then I don't do this anymore but back then it was like until I have that little number one song to my name it never felt like things were enough okay yeah I think that and again this is all going back to like the things that I wanted to help people with with my course is you just you got to take the time like you're saying to appreciate that holy smokes I'm writing with this incredible writer instead of like we got to make something happen and yeah, all the different stresses that come it's with that. A, I find myself constantly, um, and this isn't a negative thing. I think this is a positive thing because, again, it, struggle leads to growth. But I find myself sometimes I have to balance my, um, you know, the, the desire to better my situation or better my, my talents. You know, yeah. There's the drive for that, which can be quite consuming. And it can get to the point where you forget what you're already good at, what you've already accomplished, and your yeah. current position of a certain level of success. So yes. there has to be a balance in there, and it takes it, I really think it takes a certain level of, of maturity. I don't think you know you went to Nashville when you were 22. I don't think I would have had my my maturity uh, at the level yeah. that would would have been necessary to take a trip like that and make the most out of it. So I think yeah. it says a lot about what kind of person you were at the time. And then to think, you know, the years since then, of course, you've experienced more, you've grown more, you, you've yeah. built on your talents. So you're in an even better position now to, to, to you know, to make new goals and, and, and bring them into reality. Yeah, I agree. I do feel that way. Um, you definitely learn and you grow. And uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's all it's all working it's all working, you know, as long as you have the time for self-reflection, yeah. but you're right. I mean that I do, I do get, I guess I wish looking back, I had more appreciation for where I was at. Yeah. I think that probably would have helped me yeah. get further. But that's maturity again. Uh, you yeah. know, I don't think I would have handled it optimally as a 22 year old. Yeah. I think back yeah. when I was 22 and I think of what I was into and things I wasn't yeah. into, you know, yeah, things that I chose sure. to, to leave alone and, you know, it's just part of the journey. It's just yeah, yeah it's sure. just part of the journey. Yeah. But but here you are today. You have that experience behind you. You have you've, you've had that publishing deal. You've got songs that have been out there. Are you satisfied with your current situation as a musician, as a performer, and as a songwriter? Hmm. I am. With the last couple songs that I've recorded, I have come to a place where I am fully satisfied I really feel like they are like the best that I can do right now I'm in the past again it was all a learning curve so it was like 
I'd put, I'd record things, but then part of me was thinking, I don't know. I don't know if this is really, or I would just wouldn't speak up. For example, I didn't, I was too scared to talk um, to producers, didn't know what I was saying or, you know, didn't want to look dumb. So I wouldn't ask for what I want. So then the product I would get is not what I was looking for or what I wanted. Right. But I've grown and I've learned uh, to speak up and I've learned to be confident and, and to be confident that if I don't know what I'm talking about, that's okay. I can ask questions. And so now I feel like, yeah, my music is exactly where I want it to be. There's a couple of things in what you said just now that make me want to ask this question. Is Nashville a friendly place? Is Nashville a welcoming place for a female singer, songwriter who's looking to get her foot in the door? Hmm. Well, it's been a while since I've actually been there. And I think Nashville is just a friendly place altogether, I really think. But I I don't want to speak on behalf of all the females trying to get into country music in Nashville. But I will say there's actually this wonderful podcast by um friend and co-writer Victoria Banks and um oh my her other girl co co-host is escaping my mind, but they've got one called The Table, and it's about um is there room for women at the table specifically country music and how are they kind of like they're not played on the radio as much it's this whole thing they're not so they could probably speak more to that but i i think oh gosh that's a whole other can of worms do we all have the same amount of uh you know uh, what's the word respect or whatever yeah, um yeah, yeah. but i guess you know, in, in today's society, uh, you know, I, I don't consider myself a social justice warrior at all. Um, I think that's kind of, uh, I think it's kind of wrong or out of place to label people as that. I'm a believer in right and wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I had an experience where I got to work with Elliot Mazer, Neil Young's producer for the Harvest album. He produced yeah. some other country acts and whatnot. And one of the things that he told me was that Nashville is a great place. And then he paused. He said, if you're not a woman. So there were a couple of things that you said describing your journey. And then that quote from Elliot, what he told me. And that's what kind of pushed me to, to, to ask you that question about your experience. You know, again, this was a few years ago, but I I don't think Nashville has changed changed too you know i don't know but i wouldn't think nashville has changed too much but i just think it was interesting that elliot mazer told me that yeah i've never, never really heard it like that you, you never experienced it that way you never felt like you were shut out or your opportunities were were, were lacking because you were a woman no okay. actually i do i do okay so now okay. we're talking about this i do recall specific okay. time boy I'm, a good, boy I'm a good interviewer you're doing great <laughs> that's right like you're pulling it out of me <laughs> i remember this time i sat down to play for this publisher and i played him what i thought were great you know best songs whatever best songs for me because someone i think had i think maybe someone sent me to his office because they were looking for a writer i know they were specifically you know again with the whole timing right and they were looking for a writer and he said something to the effect of like oh it's good but and i don't usually have the um audacity to sort of push and ask questions but i think i felt like well i this is pretty good you're looking for a writer 
so so what's going on here yeah, and he yeah. he never and you know he'd skirt over it like well you're really good but and he just didn't have an answer and finally he said he goes all right all right you're right i'll be honest we're looking for a male writer see now that is- and i'm like oh, i can write male songs i mean i'm a writer my my name's gonna go on the credits and not so there you go and I think that happened. And that was, sorry, he was the only one who said that. But okay. think about all the people who were probably yeah, thinking that, yeah. right? And, and shooting you And I think that's such a strange thing to say. Okay, if if you're a producer, or if you're, let's say you're a record label, and of course you, you as, a, as a record label, you decide what kind of, I don't know, diversity, if we can use that word, or what kind of variation you'd like yeah. to have in your artist, your artist pool. You decide who's yeah. going to be in it. And if... Uh, if you make the decision, hey, it's time for us to try and pull in a new male artist. Yeah. That's one thing. But to say that you want a male writer. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to get my head around the logic of that. Because a good songwriter, I mean, I can, instead of writing, and he loved her, I can write, and she loved him. And well, change the lyrics. Do you know what I mean? I can change the I do. But because it's such a male-dominated industry, because radio stations have even deliberately said in the past that they... There was this guy that said, uh, in a salad of something to do with radio is like a salad and, and the female singers are just a little tomato. So they go in every, so three or four male songs and one women's song. And, and that's just the way it is. So when you're writing songs, my thinking on their behalf is like men and tonally, they may not jump all around, right? Like my voice can go high and low and all over. Maybe I write my songs that way. And theirs can be just very in neutral in one area right because yeah. of yeah. voice i mean can i change to do that absolutely uh but i this is me completely thinking this is their thinking they were male dominated so we want in the boys club we want some more boys who can write with the boys and think how they think sing how they sing get us more cuts yeah make us more money i guess and, i understand you know i can't be naive i don't want to be naive and 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 not acknowledge that that's the line of thinking in the music, not just Nashville, but in the music industry. But, but I truly cannot get my head around that specific way of, of, of reasoning, of thinking. Yeah. I, 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 I just don't yeah, get because it. A I good have a, songwriter a, a song, is a good songwriter. Agreed. I have a song called Girls Will Be Girls I wrote years ago with two great guy writers. They're, yeah, the, you know? they're awesome. I mean, and yeah. And, uh, yeah, of course I have stuff that I can contribute just because I'm a girl. Uh, which funny, I have my next single, which is not out yet, is called "Because I'm a Woman," and it is all about this. I wrote, I wrote on my notes here that I need to tell you that I think that that was so beautiful. You you played a few lines of that on your on your Facebook feed a little oh, while ago. Oh, yes, yep. that's right, because it was International Women's Day. Yeah, yes, yes, yeah, nice. Yeah, I, I love it. Very yeah. nice. This was, well, I it was sort of inspired from listening to this podcast about women in the country music industry and how frustrating it can be. Yeah. And just, just my perspective as a yeah. woman, I, men are great. I, I don't want anyone going, Oh, you, you aren't, you're knocking men. It's not that it's, that's my perspective that I've lived. And so I'm going to talk about it. And that's, that's okay. what your, your perspective and men. Now let's tie this together. You have a single called writing in cars with guys. I love that. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I love I love that song. Um, that that it's that song that led to you, me inviting you on this podcast. Right. Um, that is such a 
and I don't know how to put words on it, but it is written from a very interesting perspective. It's written in a very interesting way. It's almost a non-countryish way. It tells a very yeah. clear story, but not in a traditional country way. Right. Um, I, you know, as a songwriter, when people ask me, how did you come up with that? I almost don't like those questions, but I'm going to ask you, how in the world did ah. you come up with that? It's such a beautiful song, great melody, but the writing, the, 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 the lyrical content is, it's just mm. so different. Thank you. Um, it is different. I was inspired after I watched a documentary on Taylor Swift, actually, I think it was last year. Uh, so her kind of, gosh, it was so cool to see her in the documentary. She's just creating and, and what I noticed is she's writing these simple, like not simple songs, but just it looks simple or easy. And then they create this beautiful, magical moment in the studio. Like yeah. that's what brings it to life. Yeah. So I started thinking to myself, you know, maybe melodically in things, it's simpler than I'm thinking. Like maybe I don't have to overthink the melody, but the lyrics, I, I can't explain except I sat down to write and the first four lines came out. They rhymed. I love rhymes, but they, they rhymed. And that the lines were, um, if a tree falls down, with no one around, doesn't make a sound. <laughs> and if you leave this small town and turn right back, does it even count? And then the third line is. I'm impressed. Okay. I'm impressed that you remember your lyrics. I never oh, remember thanks. mine. <laughs> I really don't. Look at me sitting here thinking. Then the third line is, anyway, it doesn't matter. Go listen to the song, everybody. Yeah, everybody, but, I have to say this. Everybody uh, go and listen to the song. You will not be disappointed. It's a beautiful song. Thank you. So those first four lines came out, and I thought, what? What? Where is that going? What is that? What is that story? Yeah. What is that about? Yeah. And I sat with it for a few days. Like, I could start, I started seeing pictures in my mind. That I'm a very visual person. Yeah, and I too. started seeing, yeah. And then when I can see the character, it was a fictional character, but I could see them in my mind and I could see what they were doing. And just, I could see this sort of um, teenager, like almost back in the day, like, I don't even know, sixties or something. I don't know. Yeah. And just life was simple. And then, so it has this n nostalgic feel, right? Yeah, it does. it does. You think that life is simple and the next thing you know, life happens. And uh, so the words just kind of fell out like that. Now, did, I definitely tweaked it, you know, worked really hard on, on perfecting it, but yeah, that's kind of how so, it so you, so you kind of had an after edit, you, you wrote it, but then yeah. you went back and adjusted and fixed things. Yeah. How, how often do you do that? Or do your, is that normal do, for you? Or do your songs, when you write normal. them? Uh, that? That's normal. I rarely, I rarely do. I like the whole thing. Oh, it's happened. Oh yeah. Oh, that's happened. But like, I, I always bounce it off of people I really know and trust that will give me honest feedback. And if yeah. they go, you know, if you get the same kind of feedback from a couple of people or even just one person that you trust, cause they've got they've, their success record in the past, yeah. you know, has worked yeah. for you, then you kind of trust them. Yeah. Right. But so I'll do that. And then I'll, and then I'll tweak it till, and honestly, even that song, I was still tweaking it till finally I was like, I, I think I'm done, even though it could probably be changed and better. It's like, okay, I've, I've overthink, I've overthought it too far. Right. So I just let it go. But it's, um, again, it's, it's a very, it's a different kind of country song. The, the, the production, you know, the musical side of yeah. it is, is country, but the lyrics aren't. And I just think it's a, it's just a cool mix. It's just, Thank a cool you. Mix. yeah, it's, 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 it's country, but it's 
different country because country has had a reputation for being almost like a cookie cutter or a factory produced genre. And and it has become that. Um, So when, so when a good song, a good, well-written song that's different comes out, it really stands out. And I think, I think your single really got that done. Thanks. And actually the people who produced it, this was again, me going out on a limb. I reached out to um, someone I know, great producer in LA his name's John Kleinbell, and he works with Bill Leffler, who's produced for Ingrid Michaelson and, and other people. And um, they work a little bit in the sync world. Well, I shouldn't say a little bit. They, they work quite a bit in the sync world. So I knew I wanted it to have the production of more pop. I wanted to okay. the country to the pop, right? Yeah. So they definitely put their cool flair on that. They definitely put a good touch on it. But it, again, yeah. it's just a solid, good country song. I love it. Nice work. Thank you. I really nice appreciate work. that. So let me ask you now about um, music, um, mindfulness yeah, for music musicians. Yeah, music and mindfulness, yeah. You yeah. have a, a very interesting course. Um, I've only looked around the edges of it. I haven't really gotten into it. I, I've been saving that because I want to hear it directly from you. Uh, I do know it's interesting. I do know it's intriguing. Uh, tell me about it. What's your course all okay. about? Yeah, I mean, I enjoy teaching and I've been teaching music lessons for a long time, you know, guitar and piano and voice and stuff. And I've always wanted to create an online course that's accessible to everybody anywhere. I just, again, with timing, I just wasn't quite sure what and how and when. And I've always loved mindfulness and, and you know, like. It makes life easier. Like, what's that? It makes life easier. Yeah, and all the things we're all the things we're talking about, the intuition and the feelings, and where did that song come from? Good question. That sort of inner tapping inside, right? So my course that I'm in the midst of creating, it's hopefully almost done. um, Is so funny that you said earlier, you know, you haven't seen anything like this. So I hope this is a good thing because I've searched and searched too, and and I haven't found anything like this. So I've found tons of courses about how to write a great song and how to work with the top writers or, you know, yeah. how to write a great top line and all of these things, yeah. but it's, or mindset. Okay. There, so then there's that there's like how to, how to win at whatever your game is, Yeah. but no one's talking about how to tap into that inner side of yourself to basically unleash your inner genius that everybody has. And it, I'm not saying that I can guarantee everyone is going to be a Grammy award-winning songwriter but we are all unique individuals and we all have a story to tell but the things that are blocking us from telling those stories is our insecurities and our doubt and our a fear of is this going to sound dumb yeah i think all of those things i think everybody uh, whether you're an artist of some sort or just a regular lay person who has nothing to do with music or the arts i think we all have a certain amount of untapped potential Mm-hmm. And it stays untapped because of our own, you know, you could be, you could be a motivational speaker out there speaking to hundreds of thousands of people per year. But even that person has a certain amount of doubt uh, n- and negative thought that blocks Absolutely. a certain amount of their potential. So the, key, the, the key is, is how do you minimize that blockage? How do you minimize that negativity? Right. And and if I've if I've gotten the right impression, I believe that that's part of what your course touches on. How do how do you open yourself up 
to your to your full potential? How do you realize what you time? Yeah. In fact, yeah, in fact, that's exactly what it is. So my modules are like, for example, there's one on just writing on your own. And I give uh, exercises like visual walking someone through a visualization. Um, and you know how to use affirmations and working through your subconscious beliefs, like what are things that you're holding on to that you can maybe set aside and maybe you can, you know, your, your brain actually neuroplasticity, I believe it's called, you can, you can retrain your thinking. You can retrain, you know, how you do things. Yes. So it is a fact. That and co-writing. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. It just, <laughs> yeah. uh, when you said you can train your, I mean, there, it's, it's, it's a fact that you can retrain your brain you can yes. actually create new neurological connections, yep. you know, and if you have a lifetime of doubting yourself, if you have a lifetime of being told that other people doubt you, it yep. creates a certain condition in your brain, which you can rewire. I'm not saying it's easy, but no, you can exactly. rethink your, 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 your image of yourself. Yes. And there's certain exercises that you can do to, sort of retrain yourself like you're saying and um and and start to feel good and make progress. Yes. So that's what I'm offering is these exercises and these it's a practice, right? So there's these things that you can do every day um and then there's a module on co-writing and just like I talked about in Nashville when I mean here I am writing with these incredible writers and I'm terrified and it like either it would make me talk too fast and like blurt everything out like crazy and it's ridiculous. Or I was so terrified. I didn't say a word. And I just feel like I wish I had these tools back then to, to calm my mind, to calm my own self, to know that I can do it. Uh, and it's not just, it's self-talk. Yes. But there's, there's some things that you can do before you go into these situations that really are going to help your peak performance. In fact, athletes have been doing this. Athletes have been doing this for years. I am like, so, what are we waiting for? Right. Did this you, is what I'm trying to bring. Did you read my notes when I was waving them? Because I have it written no. down because I have a, uh, uh, I'm a power lifter. I'm a competitive power lifter. I've been on the oh, U S right. the U S national team and, and whatnot. So I'm very much an athlete, but I'm also right. very much a artist, you know, per- performer and yeah, singer and songwriter. And mm-hmm. I see a parallel between those two worlds, you know, yeah. the focus, the mental imagery, uh, that can lead to performance as an athlete, it can also be applied to music and to other arts. It's very yeah. much in the same in the same world. It's the same little universe there. Yes. Yes. And I hope that I can shed some light onto it. And it's funny because I just heard today uh, someone say, you know, when you go to the gym and work out, say you're like, hey, buddy, I'm going for a run. They'll say, good job. Like, good for you taking care of your health. But no one ever says, I'm just going to take half an hour to meditate. It's very, you know, people find it very personal. And also no one's going, hey, good for you. You really, hey, taking time for yourself. It's like, but it's a muscle and it needs to be strengthened just like all the other things that we do, right? I take 10 minutes, at least 10 minutes every day. That's on my schedule every day. I set that aside for meditation, call it meditation, call it prayer, call it reflection, whatever you want, but those 10 minutes are in my schedule. And that is the most important part, important part of my day. And it's so giving. It's so, it's such a, it's such a bandaid on all of the sores that you can gain throughout the day. If you allow it. Uh, Well, I shouldn't say that if you, because sometimes it just happens that we're, we're faced with adversity. We're, we're faced with negativity. We can't control what other people put out there. Right. Right. 
but my way of dealing with that, my way of healing that as quickly as possible and getting past it is that at least 10 minutes of meditation every day. I love that. And it works. Yeah. It works. It does. I'm the, I'm the same way. Um, and listen, sometimes I forget I get too busy and I don't, or, you know, sometimes you have the busy mind and you feel like you didn't do a very good job, quote unquote, of meditating, but, yeah. but it is something to stay consistent with. And so, all so this is a part things, of, this is a part of your, your course then. Yes, meditation yes. and, and in, meditation, inward reflection. Visualization, inner reflection, um, affirmations. What else? Uh, da, 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 da. Even learning to deal with like rejection. Ah, in that is a necessary skill in yes. our in our field. It is. Yes, and just in general, because you're you're gonna face it. Okay, even even those top performers and athletes, all of them, they all have faced rejection. But the difference is, they you can you can be sad. I'm not telling you, Oh, don't cry over that. Carry on. Like you feel it. And then you move through it. It's this inner, like I, again, like I talked about before, it was like just this inner knowing that I can feel sad and then I can continue on. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Everybody faces adversity. Everybody face, everybody faces rejection. It's uh, Elliot Mazur got kicked out of a studio here in Norway. So, you know, things, things happen. Everybody faces it. So so the question is, is how do you deal with it? So, so how, how will, how will your course help someone deal with that? How will your course help someone realize their untapped potential? It's just, I believe if you work through the exercises is that you're just opening up into this whole well, it may not be a new world. I mean, maybe some people do this already, but it keeps you consistent with yes. doing it. That's My what I was going to say. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. A lot of people may do these kind of things from time to time, but if right. they buy into your course, it is there. It's an investment, first of all. And we yeah. know that the things that we pay for are the things that we tend to prioritize. That's right. And, and if, they have your, if they have your course, if they've bought into your course and they have it there in front of them, it might be easier for them to incorporate this as a healthy habit in their daily life. Exactly. Yeah? Exactly. So I really am hoping with the consistency, like you say, so you're sticking with it consistently and working through the modules and taking from it what you need. Um, there's also one on performing because that's a whole thing. Some people are quite confident performing, but you still get those nerves and how do you deal with that? Right. Um, public speaking. So some people also are really great at performing and singing, playing. And then they're like, what do I say in between songs? Or I'm going to be a dummy if I don't say something clever right now or whatever. Right. But what I'm trying to teach people is you have to be yourself. So figure out what are, what do you do? And then trying to teach them to be confident with that. Because that's, again, I wish I had that. I wish I, earlier on in my life, I wasn't trying to be like everyone else, right? Because right. you're kind of like, that's the trend. Yeah. Let me try and do yeah. that. Yeah. The more you do you, the best that you can. Well, doing, shine. Yeah, doing you is the best thing that you're, that's what you're best at is, is being yourself. So why try life, anything life else? Life gets a heck of a lot easier when you start doing it, you know, yeah. Because, yeah, it just makes more sense, right? You know what I think is really cool about this? You, you are... Uh, tell me if I'm wrong, but it seems like part of your motivation for making this course and for putting this out there for people is that you, maybe you're visualizing, um, you know, y- you, your doppelganger is out there, or, you know, a, a woman or a musician, period, man or woman, who is trying to make it, you know, they're on their, they're on their path, and they may not have the guidance, they may not have the tools that they need to navigate through 
life and through this this apparatus that is the music business. So you've you're seeing reflections of yourself, and you're exactly. being the mentor that you may not have had back in your time when you first went to Nashville. Am I right? That's exactly right, and that is why I started this, and that is exactly right. Um, I mean, it's not just for. I just also want to say it's not necessarily just for people who want to make this their career. No. no. Because even the hobbyist, or whatever you want to call someone who's just doing it for the enjoyment of it, even those people have those those doubts and those things that hold them back from being great, right? Um, but you're exactly right. That's why I, I'm basically doing it because I wish I had this when I was going through it. Uh, and these are all things that you can then apply to your life. The cool thing I'm sure you've realized too with the meditation that you do is like you maybe started it to like help you with one area of your life, but sticking with it, you realize it's actually helping other areas of your life. Well, I, I actually had a very broad uh, hope when I, when I started doing this uh, consistently uh, is that my life was quite chaotic in general. So okay. I, just, I just wanted to put myself in a better position to tackle it. Yeah. Uh, I didn't really have any specific thing. I just, I, you know, hey, it's time to fix my life. Good for you. That was my goal. Yeah. So, uh, and and again, it's just it's it's one of the best things I've ever done for myself. That's uh, amazing. It's okay to be selfish. It's okay to be selfish. I, I believe that people should allow. I mean, selfish is is an ugly word, but but let's put it in the proper context. I believe that people can do for themselves first in order to be in a stronger position to then help others. Completely. Uh, I picture. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say, there's a saying of like, you know, how can you, uh, something about, uh, no, you go ahead. I'll think of exactly what the saying was after you've spoken. No, I, w- I was gonna say, I uh, now I forgot what I was gonna say. Oh, oh, shoot. Oh, man. Mine was something about, you know, you can't help others when your bucket is empty, uh, you know. Maybe it was like, the thing about the yeah. oxygen mask in an airplane or something. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Like all of that, right? All of that. <laughs> Which we know we have yeah. to, and not in a, it's interesting, the selfish word, right? You're not in a selfish way, just a taking care of yourself yeah. so that you can help yeah. take care of others. Yeah. yeah it's let interesting. Me, let me ask you this. There's so many great musicians, uh, both solo artists and bands in Canada that have come out of Canada. Mm-hmm. Who's your favorite artist, Canadian artist? Uh, this is a loaded question because there's many. Okay, Canadian. I'm going to probably say someone and then go, oh, shoot, I should have said the other person or the other. It's a tough question to answer. Yeah, because. Okay, oh my gosh. okay. So- songwriter, lyricist. Let's start with that. Lyricist. Okay, honestly, my favorite songwriter out of Canada, oh, because I love Sarah McLaughlin, but Carolyn Don Johnson. I, re- I really do. I really think she's incredible. Um, yeah. Favorite, um, favorite solo artist. Solo artist, just not a band, just a solo, just a solo out artist. of Canada. Yeah. yeah. Oh well, see, and I love Michelle Wright. She's a great solo artist. Neil Young. Oh, thank oh. you. Yes. Right. Neil Young. Oh, Favorite band. Oh. I'm going to keep you on your toes. I'm not going to let you think too. No, you really are. Because I want to see the first. I want to hear the like the first reaction when I startle you with a with a new question. So first band now. You, you talked about songwriter. Listen, you talked I don't about really artists. Listen to bands. I shouldn't say I don't listen to them, but like, I'm not really. The first one that came to mind, but they're not my, they're not my favorite. My husband's favorite is Tragically Hip. Um, 
God, I'm not so good fan. I've heard the, about the I've, I've heard about them, Tragically Hip. I've heard about them, but I haven't heard them. Yeah. So I probably should check it out. I've been hearing things about them off and on. I'm going to kick myself after because I'm going to be like, ah, I'm not mentioning all the other people, but. Let's go with mine. Uh, favorite solo. Yeah, why don't you go ahead? Yeah, that's a good idea. Favorite solo artist, Neil Young. Yeah. Favorite lyricist, it's a tie between Neil Young and Joni Mitchell. Oh, Joni Mitchell, see? <laughs> yep. Favorite band by far, Rush. Rush, yes, I know. Everyone loves Rush. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Yeah, yeah my, my parents saw Rush, I believe, or maybe it was just my dad, like in some high school gymnasium when they were just starting out. <laughs> I <laughs> never cool got like the that. chance to see them live. Never got the oh, chance. Oh, shoot. That's too bad. Opportunity oh. lost. Oh, I, had I a lot always of say when, when, I was gonna say, I always say when someone comes to town, no matter how much they, their ticket prices are, you go because you just never know when you're going to get another chance. Right. It was for me, it was, um, it wasn't because I didn't want to go, but I was always busy with stuff, you know, work. I was a police yeah. officer in Illinois oh. and I was always working, uh, when they came through and then, uh, you know, my time in the military, I was in the U S Marines and, you know, they were doing all their world tours during that time. And, and I just oh, busy out, out deployed and never had time to get to see them. And, oh, then, that's all right. and then here in Norway, they, they, I don't think they've ever come to Norway since I've been living here. So Jeez. well, there you go. You're busy living your life. So living that's life. all right. Yeah. That's okay. I catch yeah. them on YouTube. I catch them on YouTube. That's right. <laughs> yeah listen oh, i know uh i know we have a limited amount of time but i want to i want to wind up by uh, saying a couple of things first of all i wish you the best of luck with two things um your continuance of your music career because i think you're you're, you're on to something there's things happening i think you i think you've got i mean the sky's the limit for you i i you have a fan i'm a fan okay that's so sweet i i really appreciate that thank you so i want to wish you the best of luck with that and i also want to wish you the best of luck with your course because i think that that course has the potential to change lives i do too and i want my thank listeners to know i'm not being paid to to say this i'm telling i'm speaking from the heart about what i know uh so far about your course i mean it just it, it attracted me right away um and it, I think it has the opportunity, uh, the potential to change lives because, you know, the, the sky's the limit with anyone unless that individual decides that the sky isn't the limit. Yeah. And this course looks like it can teach people to realize all over again that the sky's the limit. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, I'm excited for what the future holds. So I, it's been really great talking to you. Well, um, that's good to hear you say you're excited for what the future holds because there's a lot of negativity out there. You know, people are, and I get it, people are frustrated with lockdown and, yeah. and you know, being so isolated. But I, I have to challenge people to try and find that. I mean, there is positivity out there. Well, you know, I've you, literally you, found all of these past few singles I've put out that I've found such fulfillment and joy in and doing this course has all come from all this time. Yes. Yeah. to focus on it so i and i preach i preach this that in these times of isolation and solitude and in these crazy times if you're an artist practice your art yeah isolation can actually bring you focus yeah and no, for those for those who aren't engaged in some sort of art whether it's you know writing or music or you know whatever mm -hmm. see if you have something in you see if you have something in you that hasn't been tried yet Give it a shot. Yes. I love that. You're so right. Because I love that you just said that because 
I've always, for some reason, thought I'd like to write a book someday. But I was like, when am I going to write a book? But when we went into first that lockdown, I was like, well, oh, just I literally thought, well, I'll just try. And what I'm if- sure it's terrible, but I wrote like 70,000 words or something. And so like, why not? It's just enjoyable. So yeah, give it a go. Like who cares if it's no good? Like just enjoy I had to, it. I had to smile a little bit. Uh, do you want to race on the book writing? Because I'm supposed oh, to cool. be writing a book and I ju- it's, it's, it's kind of a stop and go thing. Cause I've got a tough. Yeah. It's not easy to, you know, you, you, no. you get that inspiration. You think, Oh my gosh, I'm ready. And you start writing and you may write, you know, you may get 10,000 words out. Mm-hmm. And it stops. And then it stops. And the editing. And I think that's oh. where I got caught up to is like, oh, I got to go back and edit this. Well, oh. what I found out for me is my my issue has been worrying about the editing. Mm. In other words, trying to get it as perfect as possible on the first take. And I've I've stopped that now. Now I just write. Because you just got to get something out. My brother, told, my brother's a great writer. And he said, you just got to do it. Because if, you, oh, what is it? Like if you have nothing to edit like yeah yeah blank page you can't work up so just get it all out and then you can edit it later well, let's see so. which one of us gets the book out first <laughs> yeah exactly 10 years later here we are revisiting the Still podcast writing. About writing right yeah and we exactly. can't say we never meant to write it because now people are going to see it and hear it on this podcast that's right they'll say so what about that book you're oh, writing oh gosh <laughs> oh it's good well listen i was just going to mention too can i plug my website for that course Tell people where they can reach you. Uh, tell them where they can find your music and where they can find the course. Yeah, okay. So any type of um, streaming, you can generally, you can find my music under Lisa McEwen. And that's, my last name is spelled M-C-E-W-E-N. That's Lisa McEwen. And um, my course I have a little sample tutorial and you can sign up for that and be on my email list and I'll keep you updated uh, when it comes out. And so that website is www.musicandmindfulness.co. So it's .co. Uh, yeah, and you can find me on Instagram at music. And you have a podcast. And I have a podcast. At the moment, it's uh yeah, it's all kind of mindfulness stuff called Always Be Vibing. That's right, Always Be Vibing. So please find me and we'll connect and I'd love to chat some more. So yeah. If you would do me a favor, uh, when we're finished here, if you send me a message with all that information, I'll make sure when I post this episode, I'll post those links as well. Make, yes, it, make right. it easier for a handful of people to, to find you. Absolutely, I will do that. Well, listen, Lisa, I again, I absolutely... Uh, back you 100% in all you're doing. I think great things, great things have already happened for you. I think even greater things are to come. Uh, keep on, keep it on. You're, you are an inspiration and thank you for sharing your time with me. Thank you, John, for having me. This was wonderful. I, I really enjoyed every minute. Thank awesome. you. Awesome. Okay. Okay. Bye everybody. Bye.